All right, there's going to be a college basketball season. That is great news. What we don't know yet is the schedule, but we know there's going to be a Big Ten ACC challenge, and the way Scott Ritchie sees it, Illinois could be in for a doozy. There's a lot that makes sense with an Illinois versus Duke matchup. Richie will explain. He'll talk recruiting. He'll talk NBA. He'll talk about his trip to Charleston. All in this week's podcast, Inside Illini Basketball. Come back after these messages. Pia Sports Bar and Grill presents Inside Illini Basketball. Pia Sports Bar is the number one Illini sports enthusiast bar in Champaign, hosting bus shuttles to all Illini basketball home games, serving up the best wings, beers, never-ending nachos, and mouth-watering burgers. Come visit Pia Sports Bar and Grill and try our famous Grand Slam Burger while watching your favorite game. Pia Sports Bar and Grill is located at 1609 West Springfield Avenue in Champaign. Come be a part of the party at Pia's. Hi, I'm Paul Rudy, CEO of Rudy Wealth Management and host of Paul Rudy's On The Money radio show. Every successful investor I've ever met continuously acted on a plan. Every failed investor I've ever met was constantly reacting to current events. If the recent market turmoil is keeping you up at night, maybe it's time you begin to make your investment and spending decisions based upon a retirement income plan. Perhaps it's time for you to listen to the little voice in your head telling you to call Rudy Wealth Management. You'll be happy you did. Rudy Wealth Management, Central Illinois Retirement Specialist, 356-1400. Oh, it's a glorious Monday morning here in Champaign, Illinois, because Scott Ritchie is back in the podcast booth, and he's dressed appropriately. He's got cut-off shorts. He's got high tops. He's got his James Augustine jersey. Great stuff, Scotty. I love the look. I mean, that's for our listeners at home. Um, Factually inaccurate, I think, is probably the way to put it. Don't own high tops. How do you not own high tops as a basketball beat writer? I mean, do, do, what is your problem? Who who wears high tops? I do. Yeah, that's I still shoot my free throws in my high tops. Yeah, the age gap I think is coming through there. Even even the pros don't wear like high top high tops. Yeah, what happened? Because you know what the I mean, shoes have just been constructed better. You don't need all. Well, the, yeah, got the you support. a bunch of mamby pammies get their ankles taped all the times now. We didn't have that back in the day, Scott Ritchie. We didn't, didn't played ball. Yeah, um, also, my shorts are, well, I'm not wearing shorts. I have pants on. Whoa. <laughs> um, oh, oh, thank you. Also, I don't, I don't have any cutoffs. And the last jersey I owned was, there's two of them. It's Grand Hill Pistons jersey and the Damon Stoudemire Toronto Raptors jersey because it was purple and it had a dinosaur on it. That is the age gap. It's apparent that, A, no high tops and no cutoffs. Come on, when I was 20 years old, you had you took your sweatpants, you cut them off. All right? Or I still can, have some in the drawers. Or you could just have, you know, pants and shorts and not turn one into the other. I mean, I, These younger kids, Ed Bond, are spoiled. I'm telling you, they're spoiled. We're here to talk basketball. I'm Jim Rosso, who was not spoiled. Okay. Who's old. Chuck Taylors didn't have those. The even the kind of the the fashionable Chuck Taylors, not the ones that you like Dave Downey put up all those points in. But like I wore camouflage Chuck Taylors, purple Chuck Taylors. I mean, those were available as I was growing up. I never had never had them though. Um 
I guess I've been brand loyal to Nike for so long that that's just all I wear at this point, except for my Adidas golf shoes because they were perfectly comfortable. Spoiled. He mentioned golf shoes. Unbelievable. We're here to talk basketball, though, thankfully. College basketball, and there's a season to talk about. The announcement made last week that they would start around Thanksgiving, as Scott Ritchie predicted all along. Fill me in, Scotty. Break it down. Okay, so November 25th is right. the first day that college basketball teams can play a game. That doesn't mean that everybody's going to play you know, on that day. Uh, in fact, I mean, the Ivy League is not going to play until January. I mean, they made that decision um, a few months ago now at this point. And the Pac-12, you know, unless they reverse course, um, which I think their basketball coaches would very much be you know, behind, also won't play until January. So that's where uh, – there's just because, I mean, just because you can play on November 25th doesn't mean you will. It doesn't mean Illinois will, but well, – you said that's a Wednesday? I didn't say it was a day of the week at all. I don't know. It's November 25th. Well, look it up. You're the beat writer. Figure it out. As I just paused during the podcast. Yeah, it's it's the day before Thanksgiving. So I thought it was, right. So not only will you get to read about your Illini season opening win, maybe, Man, but you get all play. those Thanksgiving coupons. What a paper. It's a, it's a win-win for everyone. I mean, to be determined still. If Illinois is going to play on the day before Thanksgiving, um, the number of games every team can play has also changed since the season is starting 15 days after it normally would. Um, then you have like cut the maximum number of games you can play by four, so it's usually in the range of 30, 31 games in a typical season. So now um, it's even it's could be as many i mean it could be anywhere between 24 and 27 you know really because you can either schedule 25 games and play in a multi-team event with two additional games schedule 24 and play in a mte with three additional games or just schedule 25 games and call it good um right now if things continue as they were supposed to illinois would be in a multi-team event with two games, the Emerald Coast Classic. They were going to play Florida in the opener and then the winner of, or loser of, depending, um, Iowa State and Oregon. If Oregon doesn't play until January, that might change. And there's been a lot of talk about, you know, the Maui Invitational has been re, you know, rescheduled, not in Maui. They're going to play in Asheville, North Carolina. Uh, so... You know, part of the oh, wait, wait, <laughs> that one I missed over the weekend. How devastating is that? Yeah, uh, if you were, you thought you were going to go to Maui, but now you're going to North wow. Carolina. <laughs> I mean, part of the, like the bonus of playing in Maui invite is like you get to go to Hawaii for right a week, essentially. Right? Can't you just cancel it and they want to play the games? Play it next year. Well, they're going to play it next year. It's just going to be eight different teams, unfortunately, for the ones scheduled. Who's the Big Ten team at the Maui this week, this year? Do you know? Indiana, I think. Oh. Sorry, Hoosiers. I think they're the ones. That's like basically going to Noblesville. I mean, I've been to Noblesville a time or two. Instead of Maui. No. Uh, You're going to go to con Seymour. Concert venue in Noblesville. Yeah. 
Yeah, not not ideal if you were really banking on that trip to Hawaii. But anyway, for Thanksgiving, you get to go to, to Muncie is what they've been told. <laughs> uh, our Indiana listeners will probably know more about that than... Strangely enough, sure the, the last two references, Seymour and Muncie, could be Illinois, too. There. There's the benefit of the Rand McNally. Scott Ritchie, I've told you over and over and over, get a Rand McNally. Study it. <laughs> we need them to sponsor this podcast, apparently. Anyway, so back to Illinois and basketball. Yeah. Novel thought. Um, so Emerald Coast Classic, if it happens, we'll give Illinois you know, a bonus two games you know, on top of the, the 25 that probably most teams, if they hit the max, will play. Um, the minimum to qualify for the NCAA tournament has also been changed. Um, you only have to play 13 games to make it because, well, let's just be honest, even if you put together a schedule of 25 games, there's no guarantee you're going to play all 25 of them. That's just the way things are. I mean, if you look at college football, there's multiple games every week that have been either postponed or canceled because of the pandemic. So 13, get 13 in, you're good for the NCAA tournament, which will, unfortunately for the ACC, I guess, not include every single team in the country. It'll probably just be the 68 per usual. Hmm. But of the 25 plus 2 that Illinois would be in if the Emerald Coast Classic still happens, um, Big Ten's got a 20-game schedule, so that locks you in for most of your your games. Um, There's also the Big Ten ACC Challenge, which multiple reports say will be pushed back essentially a week and played on December 8th and 9th. Uh, Sites to be determined, apparently, still. Then there's the Gavit Games. So Illinois is really only looking to maybe fill three open dates on its schedule. Which isn't bad when a lot of teams are going to probably have to scramble to put a season together. So there's, I mean, that's a a good spot to be in for Illinois. And just the fact that there's a season to come. When do those schedules come out? Well, there's no. Like, well, I need to know. I mean, you're the beat writer. These are things that you should know. No one knows. Scott. See, Ed, Ed Bond knows. He just he just yeah. And I think me a piece of paper. That says I don't know. December I think 7th. his uh, chortle was in backing up of my point because no one knows anything about schedules. At the- How are we going to cover this doggone thing? I don't know if uh, I think it's going to be a Zoom season, Scott Ritchie. More and more radio broadcasts. Even uh, the talk of not going to these games. And calling it from home and getting the guys on a cell phone afterward, right? There's no... Well, I'd say that's probably your decision to make on how we're going to cover it. If mm-hmm. if I'll be sent to anywhere. Right. But the... the but I mean, the games are going to be on TV. And yeah. post-game won't be in person. I mean, right. Just a weird, weird world we live in. Doggone it. Anyway, so there was so much for the good news. I was I started this podcast on an upbeat tone. Yeah, and you took us down. And now I'm just well, let's now, get back to bumming. good news. All right, the Big Ten ACC challenge is going to happen. All right, I guess. Well, here's where it could be really interesting. Illinois finished last season the number four seed heading into the Big Ten tournament that you know ultimately didn't happen in the ACC. Number four seed, Duke. What are you saying? 
I'm Richie. saying that could be a a really good matchup. And you know, the Big Ten and ACC try to pair like teams in terms of okay. kind of where they're at, either coming off of the previous season or heading into the new season. Okay. And Illinois Duke could be a potential matchup for the TV folk, which is also important, right? of top 10 teams in early December. That would be neat. Yeah, and there, there's all kinds of storylines. They'd take Duke. Illinois would. I got Illinois winning by 10. Okay. I mean, that's Duke's, again, kind of starting from scratch a little bit. I mean... Lost several players to the draft, of course, well, eventually to the draft when it ever happens. Um, but yeah, some interesting storylines because you'd have Adam Miller versus DJ Stewart again, the top freshman guards for, for each team. And, you know, it's just, it's just been a while since Illinois and Duke played. Last time was in 2007, um, coincidentally at, at the Maui Invite. And Duke won by 13. Gerald Henderson scored 23. That was a John Shire, Kyle Singler era Duke teams. So maybe not their most exciting, but still rather successful. Um, Illinois hasn't beaten Duke since December of 1995. In Durham, though. But that was a big one. It was a streak buster. Yeah, against the number 12 Duke team. Uh, Keon Garris had 18 points off the bench. Mm-hmm. One of four in double figures. And the interesting side of the, the Duke box score, uh, Jeff Capel led the way with 27 points. He was, he's now the coach at Pittsburgh. Uh, Chris Collins was on that team, coach at Northwestern, and then uh, Steve Wojciechowski, who's the coach at Marquette. So, None of those coaches has done anything. Can I just say that? Yeah, I'm just... In my eyes. But it's like three D1 coaches on yeah. that roster. It's, it's inter- interesting. Hmm. Is that what you're doing with your time now, just studying old box scores? Is that is that where we're at? For the podcast purposes, yeah. Because I wanted to see when the last time Illinois beat Duke was after you know, I saw that they were matching potentially uh, in the Big Ten ACC Challenge, which I think would be a fun game. A lot of so many questions to be answered about travel, about sites, about how you go about your business as a big-time program. Yeah. And I mean, what do you what what does Illinois do with the three open dates it's going to have? Um, a bubble in Champaign, maybe a non-conference bubble. Uh, there's going to be some precedent. Uh, Louisville coach Chris Mack sent out a tweet. It was like, "We're going to host a bubble, eight to twelve teams. They're providing lodging, obviously safety protocols, and each team would play three to five games. Perfect. And that's bas- I think that's." Over the sort of the first week of the of the regular season, do it here in Champaign. Got a lot of hotels that aren't being used. Yeah, I mean they could yeah, just you got gym space. Rent out the I Hotel. It's close, obviously. It's across the street to State Farm Center. Bring I don't know ten teams in. Your beloved EIU Panthers included. I was sc- scratching out some potential teams, and I'm who else would you bring? I in? may have included Eastern. I mean, there's. The idea just invite teams from the state of Illinois. That's one way you could go, and it, there's some interesting. That'd be easy, both to get them here and then to run the table. I mean, because the state remains 
it's I think it's gotten better. Subpar. I, I think it's gotten better. Who you? Who would stay within twenty? Nobody. Well, I mean, it was all not going to schedule games that they are going to lose. That's, I mean, well, I'm just saying the state of Illinois, while it has improved, while they might have got somebody to the tournament last year, it's still Illinois and nobody else. There's, there's don't give some, me Bradley. There's some please. interesting teams. I, don't be, give me Loyola. Loyola's please, interesting. They got some guys. Um, Your new favorite Western. I mean, Western might be a few years down the road before they could maybe hang you know, with the, with anybody. But uh, I mean, DePaul is a little maybe a little grudge match. <laughs> Dave Latow is getting guys; they don't win, but he gets them. At UIC bring D Brown back. I like that. And they've got a they had an interesting offseason. They, they got that Michigan coach, right? Yeah, their head coach, Luke Yaklich, the defensive dude. Yeah. So, but they had a really interesting offseason beyond hiring new coaches. They got a lot of guys from Chicago to transfer back home. Um, Zion Griffin, who played at Iowa State, um, trying to think who else they they pulled in. Maurice Commander uh, transferred in from Chattanooga. There's just a lot of guys that had success playing in Chicago suburbs in high school. And now that, I mean, the type of guy that I think at USC, USC should be getting all the time. And in this case, they're just transfers coming in. I think a lot of them will be eligible as well immediately. And interesting team. And then Loyola has guys. You can shake your head. When you shake your head, that doesn't do much for the podcast. Um, Bradley's made was going to make the tournament again. I'm not sure how. He doesn't like the media. Well, odds are we're not going to be there, so he should be fine. Um, yeah, I think you could create an interesting in-state bubble experience. Or if you want to branch out, I mean, there's nearby, relatively close teams that could add a little more punch to it. Your butlers. Mm. On the mid-major level, Northern Iowa has a really good team, mm. has a really good player in A.J. Green. Iowa State, they were down last year, but typically have been pretty good under Steve Prom. Invite Louisville up if they didn't invite you down. Be the kinder neighbor. Murray State, always solid. There's some there's some teams out there that you could schedule, be challenged, and maybe still win. Valpo. Well, I guess mm-hmm. that's a challenge, maybe. Uh, it would be a stretch on that, but especially since they lost their best and essentially only player and Javon Freeman Liberty who uh Marcus Liberty's nephew crazy good and I this th- he was one of those guys that wound hmm. up transferring right. back to the state in fact I'd be all for a bubble to it'd be, it would be neat I'd I'd stick to in-state bubble and uh, go with it be a cool setting right yeah, and I mean, University of Illinois has been a leader in testing for the coronavirus, so I'd be probably be one of the safer places you could have a bubble. All right, uh, this week's college basketball extra, as good as advertised, Scott Ritchie, every Sunday, a 
full page in your News Gazette. Go ahead and buy it. Three bucks, pretty cheap. You didn't mess up this week. It was my initial take. All right, you wrote about people I've heard of. That's a good start. (laughs) Not uh, left-handed sophomores born in a May. That's the kind of list I expected. I'm going to try and find that list. (laughs) (laughs) You went with the top 10 incoming freshmen. I like that. Cade Cunningham is really, that's number one. He's really good. Is he? Yeah, he's already the number one draft pick next year. Has there ever been a basketball player worth a, a darn named Cade? Is my I my hot take on that? I'm not sure how name Cade re- relates to basketball ability. I'm just I just brought that up. I mean, can you name another Cade? Exactly. Basketball? So why is he He'll number one f- on your list? Because Cade McNown, he plays football. That's Cade Sestak, former teammate of Sam Rosso, Champagne Central, good baseball player. Well, this Cade, Those are the two Cades I know. This Cade <laughs> plays basketball, and I've seen him play in person. And he's really freaking good. I go with it. I just, That's I was, I mean, it's just unfortunate. Like, cause this season doesn't matter because Oklahoma State's not going to be in the NCAA tournament. Okay, I, but, but he's still good. Again, you, your list isn't entirely wrong. So we've already—it's been like two minutes, and we've gone from you didn't mess up to your list isn't entirely wrong. I consider that not messing up when okay. I say you're not entirely wrong. Okay, at this juncture of your journalism career you talked to Deion Thomas there you got points all right I talk to Deion Thomas every every Sunday if I if I were doing this and maybe I'll take this page over you're more than welcome to it he's fired up he is um is he ever not fired up Deion when it comes to college basketball I don't think so like because we're I mean we're talking like he likes college football the NFL um, NBA is fine, but he, he told me like college basketball, and I'm kind of in the same boat. It's like that's what we really like, and it's coming back. And as a, I mean, he's a former Illini, and this is arguably going to be their best team in two decades. So I think there's there's reason for him to be excited. All right, had a big picture of Andre Corbello. He two things stick out. He's got hair like you, right? He does. Similar. He has a lot of it. Okay. Do. And he's also not quoted in your story. Is Illinois still keeping the freshman off limits, even though so much else has changed? Um. Yes, except for whenever I just see them out in the real world because Adam Miller participated in that student athlete March uh, a few weeks ago now. And that was, I okay. stopped him afterward. Okay. Well, uh, you know, I did the, well, yeah, he was just, he was there. And if you're out in the wild, I think you're fair game, but otherwise, <laughs> uh, maybe you should start hanging out at like the County market on campus. Scott Ritchie and or just hopefully Andre Corbello is like in the sit in the oven park, vegetable aisle. Sit in the oven parking lot. It'd be weird. Yeah. Odds are someone might call the police on me if I'm just camped out in the parking lot or just in county market for hours. But yeah, no, it's uh no freshman yet. 
All right, that picture of him, though, ran. Thank you to Kelsey Ansfield of Illinois Athletics. Andre Cabrera wearing low tops. It's uh, what everyone wears. And looking not like a freshman, I would say. Just in a picture. That's all I got to go on. Yeah, well, I mean, he is a freshman, but there's a... Just, he has a maturity to his game. And a lot of that has kind of been honed because he's played on the international level uh, with the Puerto Rican national team. Like He has that extra layer of experience that a typical freshman guard straight out of high school maybe doesn't. So, And it's just he has a an old school game too because he doesn't mind the idea of being a pass-first point guard. All right, uh, each week we take questions on this podcast. I've got a couple okay. that were asked of me last week that um, after the release I saw some rankings, some power rankings. Um, the one question given me, I'll, I'll start off with this. Why the, the love for Michigan State? Have you seen their roster? have seen their roster. Um and I think the love for Michigan State it's it's part Izzo effect. Just you know, he gets a lot of credit for his ability to bring the best out of teams as a coach. Uh the roster and it is what it is. There's some interesting pieces to it. Um I think Rocket Watts is due for a really good sophomore year. Played really well in the last I don't know, month of the 2019-2020 season. Um, ball will be in his hands probably more, especially you know, with no Cassius Winston. And I wouldn't be surprised if he was Michigan State's next point guard and a different kind of point guard than Cassius because he will be more of a scorer. Um, mostly because I don't know that they have another point guard on the roster, really. I mean, Foster Lawyer has been the backup, but I don't think he's made great strides in his first two seasons, at least, heading into his junior year. Um, Aaron Henry, I think, is, is all potential that hasn't maybe fully bloomed yet. I think Malik Hall had a really good freshman year as well. I think there's potential there. Um, and then they've got, you know, a sit-out transfer in Joey Hauser from Marquette who will, I think, pick up some of the the minutes, the points, the rebounds, et cetera, uh, created when Xavier Tillman left for the, for the draft and with the assumption that he will be picked. So it's not – I mean, this isn't a Michigan State team with, like, a bona fide All-American on the roster like they've had over the last couple okay. of years. But – they still got Tom Izzo, and they still got some pretty good pieces. And maybe Joshua Langford is healthy, and if he is, I mean, he hasn't played in two years, but I mean, he has another talented scorer if he can go. Okay. But, but foot injuries are always tough. Steve weighs in with this doozy. I kind of like this one. Is too much being heaped upon Austin Hutchinson? And I think he's meaning... Everybody's now comparing him to Duncan Robinson, NBA starter. 
Just because of where he's coming from. Yeah, um, and the fact that he's known as a shooter. There's some similarities there. Probably. Probably. <laughs> All right. I mean, that's a, I mean, Duncan Robinson, if you'll read today's, Monday's, Good Morning Atlanta Nation, um, discuss that comparison and Austin Hutcherson's feelings on it. He doesn't mind. He he likes that. I mean, but he doesn't see it as extra pressure because he already has, I mean, that's his goal is to make the NBA like, in a way, like Duncan Robinson did going from D3 to the Big Ten and now a starter for the Miami Heat in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, but it wasn't always easy for Duncan Robinson at Michigan. He had certainly some good moments. Um, started not quite I mean, played the three years, started kind of a full-time starter for one of those years, um, part-time for another, mostly came off the bench in the third uh, sort of six-man. Um, but had some struggles as well. Uh, that said, Brad Underwood has spoken very highly of Austin Hutcherson since he got on campus and just over the last year, the work he put in kind of in the, the red shirt workouts, what he's done once he got back on the court this summer, late summer, after kind of dealing with a little bit of a, a back issue, he just rested, took the time, kind of afforded him to get fully healthy, but if he shoots like he did in his first two years at, at Wesleyan University in Connecticut, that D3 program, he's what Illinois needs because they did not shoot the ball well last year at all. And he comes in as a 40-plus percent career shooter from three-point range. Again, email your questions to uh, srichie at news-gazette.com <clears throat> or just call me up. Stop by Willis Avenue. Drop, a, drop something in my mailbox. Like this one. Okay. Well, this was in your mailbox? This was. If I had a mailbox. I don't have a mailbox. Is that weird? The paper light comes in the morning through my slot on my front door. Do you I not, can hear it drop at 4 a.m. Do you not get, like, other mail? In through the slot. Okay. Bro, it says mail. It's a slot. Just right into the house. Boom. Dog goes nuts. <laughs> 4 a.m. Is a quiet gym a good thing for Brad Underwood? In that he... It's been known to maybe say a few things you probably shouldn't say. And now without fans or or noise or you're gonna hear everything. It's true. Like I heard him I remember last year he said, Richie, you're an idiot. That was walking back to the halftime locker room. I don't recall that. But I only heard that because I was there. Okay. Well that's and what are you revealing. thinking, Richie? <laughs> He'd, How'd you get a job, Richie? He's been following way? my live report on the bench, apparently. Um, in all no. seriousness, that isn't going to be a quiet gym. And as if, if you've heard some of the NBA games, they've been great. Maybe Ed Bond can fill us in here, too. You muffle? Do you have the sideline mic anymore? Well, here's the thing. Brad Underwood has experience with uh, a microphone on him. He was mic'd up for the Penn State game last year in State College. And that went fine. I was at the game, so I didn't watch the the TV broadcast. But other than when he was also reminded multiple times, he he said after the game uh, by his wife, by his agent, by uh, Derek Burson, who's the sports information director for the team, that the mic was going to be on him. So, you know, to watch perhaps what he said. 
he won't be. I guess it just depends on what the TV setup is. I mean, where the the crowd mics are located, but empty arenas tend to have fairly good acoustics for maybe picking up things as they echo around in the building. Um, we'll see, but hopefully, no coach changes what they do. That's what the dump button is for. Those ga- those games on TV aren't happening. You're not seeing like live to the second. They're on enough of a delay where uh, producers can can dump out if something bad. All right, happens. maybe we'll get Ed Bond to our executive producer of the show to tell us are are they going to have a microphone? Ed doesn't know. He's Ed's fallen asleep. In fact, <laughs> he's now dozing. During this podcast, I don't know if that's a good thing or he worked too hard last night. But normally, in in most radio broadcasts, you have a microphone, right, that picks up the the you know the the gym the high tops squeaking, right? The low tops squeaking. Yeah, and maybe you don't do that. I think I think they should don't change anything. It, okay. it gives the viewers at home an experience they really never had before. Here's a question from Jim R. of Champagne. Okay. He promised me in the podcast last week a story on Georgie and his Instagram tomfoolery. Where is it? I don't think there was any deadline associated with that story. And if you picked up your Sunday News Gazette, you would have seen uh, not only the college basketball extra, full page of college basketball coverage that you like to say no one else does. Um, there was a rather lengthy story about Illinois' in-state recruiting efforts. Um, there was a... You're changing the topic here. There was here. another story on Don. Brian Randall and his rise to you know his first assistant coaching job now, heading into next season with the Phoenix Suns. If you also looked at the, the news section, there was a story on Eastern and Illinois and its 10.5% enrollment increase. So... I feel like I delivered quite a bit, and maybe I'll still have time for that Georgie story moving forward. That's it's evergreen. It didn't have to happen that that day. Don't know if I, you know, last week we saw him up in a tree fixing something cat-related. I don't know if he did anything more I, this week. I don't, to be honest, I don't get on Instagram all that often. It was a great story by Scott Ritchie. He went out of Charleston, told the remarkable turnaround of the Panthers. Any old haunts? Did you go to the... Did you see your name on the bathroom wall still? Or had they washed that off? I don't know why. With that one bar? I never wrote on the wall at the bars. Um, did drive past a couple of places I used to spend some time. Uh, walked past my old dorm. Past my old, both of my old apartments. You know, just a few, you know, just going down memory lane. Good to hear about the Panthers doing well. Always good to hear from Tommy Michael, too. <clears throat> Former Atlanta, great. Doing good things down there, Eastern. He's got a... It's not an easy job. No, it's, that's a tough one. It sets the foundation for his next job, should he want to leave, right? It does. I mean, because he's, right. he's got all this, I mean, experience running an athletic department during a budget impasse in mm-hmm. the state and now one during a pandemic. So, certainly... A depth of experience to pull. Can I say my favorite EIU Panther was Kevin Duckworth? Is that all right? Sure. Okay. He was 
Rest in peace. One of the one of the best. Right. He was big. He was. He was big. Had a fine career with the Blazers. Almost won an NBA title. I think he made one All Star team. Did he? Maybe. All right. Hey, what else do we have to know for this week, Scotty? Uh, like, what are you what are you writing about? Well, it's probably going to be a mix of things. Uh, as we discussed, the uh, start date for college basketball being released. Uh, the Big Ten is back on the football front, and they released their actual schedule on Saturday. Illinois will play at Wisconsin on right now, October twenty fourth. Um, every all of the games announced were for Saturdays, but would not be surprised to see the Big Ten play some Friday games as well, maybe other times during the week, uh, to be determined. But I imagine I'll have a little bit of football coverage this week. And then um, as the start date for basketball practices gets closer, it's October 14th, so that's you know approximately four weeks away. And there's be more to know, more to find out about uh, what Elmo is going to be doing. Excellent stuff, Scott, as usual. We'll let you go for this week. We'll try to cut down your load. No more trips uh, to nearby universities for A1 stories. We'll try to stick to basketball this week. How about that? Would that make your life better? I'd be fine. Okay, great. Scott, appreciate it. Uh, read about you every morning, 6 a.m., com, or wait till next Monday to listen. We'll see you then.